Jason! 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 I did that for like 30 minutes, getting the screenshots for the review I'm writing, which will be up by the time this goes out. Uh, we're doing the, re the Gymquisition um, review. I was getting screenshots, and the screenshots are going to be nothing but Jason <laughs> scene from different camera angles, him in like, like Ethan Mars in different shops. Um, with the, the Jason <laughs> thing, and I feel that's good enough for screenshots. I, I mean, I was going to do all the glitches that were abundant and that I'd forgotten about over the years, but I think the Jason thing will be more amusing. I managed to break Heavy Rain, uh, the PS4 version, in the good kind of broken, where the the final climactic scene, you can break it so that the main character just shouts Sean over and over in the oh, middle yes. of the entire cutscene. That, that's scene. what I was referencing with the Sean Yeah. There. Indeed, the you Sean, yeah. Sean continuum. Sean Sean, 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 Sean. It's been a while since I. It's been a while since I've seen the original video of that, where it's like mm. all the other actions going on when he's not on screen, and you can still hear him. Just well, oh, my, my favorite thing about it is that like his source of sound stays in one place. So like you've got <laughs> you've got the FBI agent and the the person doing the fight up above, and he's just like miles below, quietly like Sean. Yeah. Just in the background. It's also Sean. awesome that his body language mimics what he's supposed to be saying, but his mouth moves to say Sean, so he's just like <laughs> casually going, Sean! <laughs> oh, it's so yeah. wonderful. I have to say that there's, it's rare I've laughed so hard at a video if, as, as I have that one of that bug. The, yeah. Yes, the Sean continuum is... I mean, it's rare I've laughed at a video game as much as I do whenever I think about many things to do with Heavy Rain. I mean, obviously the Jason thing is funny. The sex scene between Ethan and... Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and Yeah, that's fucking hilarious. Um, I, I was cracking up today uh, just being an asshole um, at various points when you're asked to do things and you, you can just walk away and do something else. <laughs> um, I mean, half of, like, half of the fun I've had replaying Heavy Rain is self-made. I have to make my mm. own fun. I, by saying, you know, I'm going to decide that this guy's going to be a socially inept asshole, and that's how I'm going to play him. My, my favorite and thing is making him like pour orange juice down his front, and it's like, I am the adult that can't do basic <laughs> tasks. I, I served raw an, eggs and said they were scrambled. <laughs> I spent an inordinate amount of time holding the orange juice up to my mouth and then dropping it again, so he was just constantly in two minds as to whether he wanted to just regard the orange juice or drink it. <laughs> Um, we, we've been playing Heavy Rain I don't know if uh, you've picked it up yeah it, it came to PS4 there was a PS4 port of it they it's, it's my all time favourite comedy game it, it is a wonderful experience Like I, I'm going to be the David Cage defender I still like Heavy Rain uh, Heavy Rain I still love Heavy Rain and I still think it's a fantastic wonderful game it is also broken and glitchy and bad and broken and hilarious so I yes. can appreciate the duality of both of those. Replaying it um, in, a, in a post Beyond Two Souls world, um, because I feel Beyond is where David Cage's Emperor's clothes were exposed, <laughs> uh, and we really got this like a real sense of just how little goes on under the hood of a Quantic Dream game in comparison to what they promise is available. All this talk about all of the consequences that you're going to face in the game. Uh, you know, people could die at any moment and everything you do will have an impact on the game. And then you realise that 
that's bollocks because I could put this controller down and watch the fight scene happen and my character will be fine by the end of it. The the only real consequence is that they might have a bit of red on their face. In in heavy rain, I will say that everyone can die in heavy rain. Sure, Beyond two sure. souls, very much not the case because it's a non-linear narrative. So it's like, I know that this character's alive at this point in the timeline, so they can't die here. Yeah, I mean, that's... Beyond was way worse than Heavy Rain. I mean, every game uh, Quantic's done has gotten incrementally worse. You know, Fahrenheit, I thought, was really quite good. Uh, Heavy Rain ended up all right, and then Beyond was just fucking mediocre shite. But even so, even though, you know, there can be some lasting consequences in Heavy Rain, but so much of it is illusory, uh, illusory and mm. and it's... It doesn't do a great job of maintaining the illusion. Yeah. Telltale, The Walking Dead, Telltale's games have a lot of illusory choices too. They're just so well written and so well paced and so well presented that you buy into the you buy into the smoke and mi- uh, mirrors of it. Whereas, even halfway through my first playthrough of Heavy Rain, I suddenly realised like I don't have to worry about this scene. There are certain trials Ethan goes through and it's like I can't lose these even if I try there these scenes I know I can't lose and instantly the any tensions evaporated um whereas uh in in Indigo Prophecy slash Fahrenheit and in uh, uh you know the Telltale stuff you you buy into the characters and the scenarios better and therefore even if some of the choices are smoke and mirrors you you still uh get excited by that and you still care about whatever might happen. Uh, whereas, I mean, second, certainly playing through Heavy Rain a second time, um, I've, I've, I'm, I'm even less invested than I was before because I know how much of it's bullshit. And I know some of it isn't, but so much of it is. And, and yeah, it's, it's, mm. as, and of course, you know, Heavy Rain is six years old. Uh, when it came out, uh, a lot of people hailed it for its narrative. Uh, even I, back then, I and it's bit, to be fair, it's a, at the time, at the time, the visuals were very impressive as well. The visuals were impressive until uh, they started I, kissing. I still think the mystery of that game is very well handled. I think it is a pretty strong, cohesive narrative that I still enjoy going back to. For me, it's mainly the mechanical stuff that bothers me, like things mm-hmm. I did not remember about Heavy Rain. Um, you have to hold down the right trigger to walk in the direction that your character is currently facing. They move like um, twisted car people. Yeah, well where this gets worse is that to change direction you use the left analogue stick, but you don't point the left analogue stick in relation to where the character's facing. You point it in relation to where the camera is set. And where mm-hmm. this becomes confusing is it's all set camera angles. So if you walk out of one room and the camera angle switches and you keep like you still have your analog stick in the same direction, you won't continue walking in a straight line. You'll turn as you mm-hmm. go from one room to another yeah. because it's fucking confusing trying to work out how to control that game. Like when 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 your basic walk around control function is a fucking Byzantine nightmare of finger contortions, yeah. you know you're, you're not really on the right track there. 
I feel like every character should have had like some vo- voiceover, not their voice, but like some some guy just going whip, 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 whoa, whoa, every time they walked because that's the urge I get when I watch them like struggle to do so much as get through a door, <laughs> yeah, without like hitting the wall uh, or or spinning around. Okay, you know? I I learned something about Heavy Rain that I didn't previously know until this week that was cut uh-huh. from the game like a month before launch. Did you know that? The the character of Ethan and right. the killer, whoever they are, initially were meant to be psychically linked. Oh, I think I vaguely remember yeah, that. There are documentaries where you can see like the scenes that were cut where like <laughs> Ethan basically anytime the killer was doing killing things, because like an event happened in the narrative to psychically link them. Like that was you know the unexplained plot thread of why Ethan just goes into weird like coma states and wakes yeah. up somewhere else with a uh, an origami figure. It's because he's psychically linked to the killer, and when the killer's wow. killing, he <laughs> goes unconscious, like walks out into the middle of nowhere to this place that is relevant to the killer, folds a paper origami figure, and falls to the floor. And that's because he's psychically fucking linked by an event early in the game. Hey, excuse me, Mr. Cage, right? I, I don't want to, you know, obviously you're the director and I'm, I'm just an animator in that, but but um, you had this whole plot thread about the psychic links and, and you know, we, we didn't use that, but I noticed we've still got these scenes where Ethan blacks out and has the origami figure. Are we going to, like, write in a scene to explain that or, or nope. should I just cut it? Nope. Well, you no, see um, that, no, what I that think is, it's a What we're going to do... It's We're a, going to leave that in so I look mysterious and clever. It's a, no one will question me. They're game journalists. They don't know the difference between a good story and a pile of shit. Those scenes are a metaphor for the player switching the game off and coming back because actually David Cage is the origami killer. And <laughs> you see, it's basically like, what would you sacrifice? What would you do to see the end of this game? Would you mutilate your brain by torturing yourself with the various bugs and the bad dialogue? <laughs> Just what God, would you sacrifice to see the end of a game? The dialogue. Yeah. I, oh my God. Okay, it's, the, the dialogue is melodramatic, but I enjoy it for what it is. There are things like, oh, maybe the magic of sleep will help me. And they, like, it's, <laughs> it's a French guy writing American dialogue for European actors doing American accents. And none of... like, It's like they all live in a weird country where, of like a previously unknown accent with previously unknown turns of phrase and actions and customs. Like, Heavy Rain makes a lot more sense if you believe it's set in, like, Latvia or somewhere, like, (laughs) ruled by a Doctor Doom-like figure (laughs) where, like, nothing really makes sense according to our own established values. Also, I like the bit where a character is off-screen for about four seconds and allegedly does about two minutes' worth of stuff in four seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that bit of this game's internal consistency, because that's fun. So, yeah, Heavy Rain. I still well, that, really like it, but... You know that VA oh. thing would explain why the kissing scene was so noisy? Because a lot of um, continental Europeans are very passionate, noisy, <laughs> noisy kissers. <laughs> they they also kiss with their mouths not quite touching, floating kind of near each other, but not really touching. Yeah. that that's That's the way we do kissing in Europe. <laughs> yeah. When they have sex, it looks like someone kicked two mannequins down a hill. Oh, God. I don't think yeah. David Cage has ever had sex or seen it. My favourite thing is failing button prompts in sex. 
<laughs> I love failing button prompts in sex. I think that's something that uh, because... Quantic Dream was trying to tell us about I... themselves. Okay, I'm gonna say I wish I wish like the world of sexual partners were as eternally forgiving as this game is when it comes to failing button prompts in sex, because you can spend literally like ten minutes trying to do the same stage of sex and it doesn't kill the mood if you're just like, whoops, did the button wrong? Whoops, did it wrong? And you just like keep going. No, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, there should be this. there should be an option to give him like get him really drunk and get whiskey dick, <laughs> and then you have to keep on trying for like the whole night, and then you fall asleep and try shaking, again in the morning. Sh- shaking the dual chop floor to get the motion sensor going, just shaking it and shaking it. So give me a minute, give me a minute. I got this. <laughs> Just let me get Pornhub here. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> yeah. Now, see, I was expecting a bit more in the way of updates because when, for all the problems that Beyond Two Souls has, if you, like, play the PS4 re-release, you could play it in chronological order, which fixed probably 70% of the problems with that narrative. Like, there is still a 30% or so that is fucked still. I think you could. But it took, like, a big chunk of that game and was like, oh... When you put this in order, there is a narrative and a progression, and it makes sense. Oh. <laughs> and, like, on top of that, they fixed a bunch of, like, they fixed bugs, they added extra content in and DLC and stuff. That's what I was expecting out of this Heavy Rain port, and it was just, nope. Here's Heavy Rain a decade later. Have yeah. fun. Try, at least. Yeah. Yeah. So much of that game's bollocks. Uh, Also, just while we're on this topic, I did recently replay Beyond Two Souls with someone who'd never played it before. Uh And they were were like, I've never played it, I'm very curious. So I made them play it in the, like, the jumbled up order. Because I'm like, you need to understand why, like, this narrative is fucked up. Um, A thing that I didn't previously know, it's really fun to play that game two player. In that if you let whoever's never played Beyond Two Souls play as Jodie, as Ellen Page... And you, who've played the game before, play as the asshole ghost who can't be controlled. <laughs> there is something really thematically appropriate about, like, the person who is trying to play this nice character opposite, I am the ghost, I'm gonna murder people, and you actually can't stop me. Because it separates out that weird inconsistency of, I am See, the person trying know, to stop the ghost, but I'm also the ghost doing the actions. You know how you could improve his games, though? Like... In Heavy Rain, if you replace the main character and actor with, like, Rocco Sifredi, the porn star, <laughs> I mean, he's a better actor for a start. Yep. And oh, yeah. he would be much better at the porn scenes. I just, I, I still can't get over the fact that Heavy Rain, just like, it has so such a limited number of Sean's and Jason's for the number of times that you're expected to shout it. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It like if you're gonna do that scene, record thirty or forty Sean's and Jasons. Don't just have the same four on repeat. Just J- Jason, 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 Jason. Yeah, it's. I still he don't didn't. Know he what didn't they have enough polygons for. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the thing. The game's on PS4 now, so there are more polygons. There are more which polygons. Means more emotions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what happened this week? Let's pull up the topic list. We haven't done introductions yet, either. That, Hi. That's, well, that's Gav. Hello, Gav. That's Gavin. Hi. And this is... That, that, that's Laura, the other voice. Yeah, I'm, I'm that one. Which one are you? You're Jim, aren't I'm, you? I'm the, I'm the Jim one of the cast. You're, you're the Jim one of the cast, the one who is Jim. Uh, yep. So, things that... And ha- I am David Cage. I'm, I'm very honoured to be here. Can we have David Cage here for the rest of the episode? The most- no, that would annoy the listeners too much. <laughs> 
I, I think it would annoy a portion. I think a portion of them would fucking love it. There would be this small percentage of other mutants who would find this listenable for like an uh, the hour and a half or however it is how long we will do this uh but they are wrong people and if we listen to them uh the gym position would be bankrupt within three months i think the biggest problem is your ability to hold that accent without laughing at yourself yeah uh, plus i mean the the accent itself changes uh Every three seconds or so. <laughs> well, this is why I would like to see two hours of this accent. <laughs> I think by the end of it, we'll just sound like the Dixie Chicks. <laughs> of course. So, bits <laughs> of news that happened this week. Um, according to an interview with The Guardian that happened yesterday, the day before, when you listen to this podcast, it happened in the past. Apparently, Microsoft are looking at the possibility of modular upgrades for the Xbox One. Yep. So, uh, will they, will mm. they have an upgrade that makes it not a bit tops? They will have a an upgrade, maybe that makes it less a bit toss. It'll probably yeah, still like be less, a bit toss, but lessen the toss factor. I mean, I see, I can see the logic of what they're doing, especially yeah. you know considering how long the last generation was and people were pressuring for changes and upgrades. Um, mm. An incremental upgrade could be uh, financially uh, more worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, it could it could end up you know like because Sega tried this. Mm. And it didn't work out too well. Uh, so it could go that way as well because people are already trying to expect new consoles. Yeah. Like, the the way that this was explained in this interview, and it's nothing that's definitely happening, but Phil Spector over at Microsoft was definitely like, this is a thing we're looking at. Basically, what was suggested was, let's say, hypothetically, holiday 2017, we get the Xbox One Gen 2. Which, that's going to be a fucking nightmare to name it, whatever you call it. But yeah. it's going to be the next version of the Xbox One. It will play all of your Xbox One games, and all the games that play on this Gen 2 will play on the Gen 1 as well. But where the your current Xbox One might play it at 1080-30, maybe the holiday 2017 one would play it at 1080-60. And it would be using the same architecture, same hardware layout, same operating system, keeping things as close as possible between revisions... So, like, it shouldn't be a problem to cross-develop. But it's like, hey, here's the revised version of the hardware and the next revision of the same piece of hardware. Which is interesting. And if if Microsoft do commit to doing this, I'm not saying it's going to be good or bad, but it could be a huge shake-up for the games industry. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it... it- Depending which way it goes, I mean, it could alter the way. If it were to succeed, I mean, that would that would alter the way consoles mm. are done. If, like, if it was a success, because everyone would want to do yeah. that. Yeah, because if it's a success, basically what you end up with is like Microsoft's perfect endgame is to have the iPhone model, where yeah. they release something every year, roughly um, two or three gens back. Will still play like the games coming out today will play on two or three gens back. But every two to three years, you might want to upgrade. And that's not necessarily a bad thing for consumers. It does a few things if you look at the iPhone model where, like, look at two years ago's model of the iPhone. It still works. It still plays 99% of the apps you get for the iPhone. But because everyone traded theirs in to get the new one, the secondhand market prices crashed and... It means that, like, two-year-old iPhones are surprisingly affordable, considering what they retailed at. And if we had that model with Xbox One, where the Gen 1 Xbox Ones still play all the games coming out, 
And there is a market for secondhand ones very cheap that could expand the market of people who can afford to get into this gen. There are potential consumer benefits to it. Definitely, definitely. I don't think it's a... I don't think it on paper it's a bad idea. In theory. In, um, it, it could entirely become one yes. if, it's, if it's done the wrong way. I'm exactly. not saying it will be good. I mean, I, I honestly think me. Do the, the most likely scenario, just over. looking at past performances, is they'll Hello. bring something like this out once, it won't do much to penetrate the market, and they'll give up. Uh, and that's just based on how we've seen consoles happen before. Mm. We always see these revolutionary ideas. Uh, I mean, we've seen Kinect, we've seen the PlayStation Move, we've seen the PSP Go. Uh, we've seen all these different ideas to do something different. Well, I think I think the most and they yeah. they never. Sorry, I I, I got, got. I'm getting a call on Skype. And that's, it's that's all right. You're getting a call from Sky, from Gavin on Skype. From you. From me. Like from you and Gavin. I'm in the call with you, so let's just keep going. Yeah. Okay. I'll start where I was again. Um, well, I already said it more or less. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's the thing. Is like, I think the closest comparison point we have to this. Goddamn is Skype. The, yeah, you're back. <laughs> yeah, the closest comparison point I think we have to this is the new 3DS, where if this is done wrong, it's poor messaging. We don't get the support where, like, you put your games in to the new piece of hardware and most of them don't look any better or run any better. Um, it's not really adopted and it's given up on. Because, like, I think the, the new 3DS, while I like it, I have one, um, most of the exclusives for it are re-releases of old games, and yeah. most games that you buy for the 3DS, like, let's say Pokemon that was released uh, around the time of the new 3DS, that has frame rate issues if you turn the 3D on, that's not fixed if you put it in the new 3DS, and it's like, those are the kind of things that would push people to upgrade, and, you know, it could always go wrong. But then on the other side, it could end up in an iOS type model. And like, I'm aware that iOS, the iOS works as a model because most people with the high end versions of those devices are getting yeah. them on contracts and that's different to how this would go. But do you think though that the average, like <clears throat> the average people who would game on consoles really would be the kind of people who would care about frame rate and resolution? I mean, if they really did, they'd probably be on PC, wouldn't they? I think there definitely is a market for the idea of like someone who wants better performance but isn't ready to step up to PC. And the use case for that that I see is the people that complain about, I want to get into PC gaming, but every time I try, it's confusing and I have to deal with drivers and I do want the better graphics, but I don't want to deal with all this bullshit. And I feel like that's potentially the market that this aims at, is the market of... Like, I want better graphics, but I want something on a closed ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, I can see there being a market for that, definitely. Um, I mean, one other thing I, f I feel has has been true is that often these, these potentially sweeping changes to the console market and that aren't that impressive because companies are afraid to rock the boat. I feel like that's why the new 3DS wasn't as dramatic an upgrade. I feel like... You know, that's why Connect was eventually dropped and stuff, is because they don't... They hate disparity, and they hate the, the idea of potentially breaking the market up. So, I mean, how many games will we see that 
fully take advantage of an upgraded X, like an incrementally upgraded Xbox One. Um, probably about as many as we saw take advantage of the new 3TS, you know. Well, Connect failed. Uh, I feel like... Connect failed because it was creepy and there were no games for it. There was that as well. There was that as well. Um, but I do feel like there is this, there's, there's always a reluctance with Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo, and that to rock the boat too much. I mean, I, I would say Nintendo is uh, the biggest one, that, like the more likely to do big gambles, and they, you know, they have about a 50 50 payoff rate with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel like if, if we get these upgrades to the Xbox One, um, I wouldn't rule it out that it would be something huge and dramatic, but I have a feeling they'd temper it just because no one no one has really the spine to mm. go too far. And like, m- stray too far out of established territory. And the, the thing is, is that Nintendo are the kind of company that tries stuff like this because they've had successes in the past. I can't think of a Microsoft attempt at this in the console space, like where they've taken their big risk, and it has really paid off. Yeah, that's true. So... Yeah, that is an interesting thing if it happens, maybe. Um, the idea of offering something that... Because, like, if this works out, this could basically fill the niche that Ste- people thought Steam boxes might fix, where, where mm, it's, mm. I want, like, better graphics, but I don't want to have to worry about the gubbins that comes with PC gaming. I just want the box that works. Did any info yeah. ever come out on how many Steam boxes were sold? Or? Uh, very few. Yeah, I figured uh, few that enough one. that they didn't hit sales charts in most of the places you'd have expected them to hit sales charts. If I you mean, were going it to. did just kind of come out, and that was it. And I don't hear mm. about them anymore. Yeah. After all the build and rumors yeah. and hype, well, like I don't hear about them anymore. The big issue is that so few games in the ramp up to Steam, like Steam machine releases, actually took on board doing Linux support, which means that most of the Steam boxes don't play most games, and that is a big problem. Like the tech yeah. is fine. It's the lack of, like, it's the lack of support for that operating system that's killing them. Or at least as I understand it from the outside. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a, well, that was a bit of news we had this week. What other bits? Speaking, speaking of lack of support for operating systems killing something. Um, oh, oh. When is uh, the new Remedy game coming out? Is that next week or? Uh, reviews went out today, I think. So yeah. pretty, pretty soon. Yeah, because that's only on Windows 10, isn't it? Did we talk about that already? We did, yeah. yeah. It's only coming to Windows 10 on PC. I have do you, have, have one you played thing. it? Uh, no, I haven't, but I do know something about it, which I'm very excited about. Okay. Um, apparently, oh, the Remedy... Al- the Adam, Adam, yeah, Alan Wake thing. Remedy trademarked Alan Wake Returns, and there's a big teaser inside this game that hints that Alan Wake Returns is a sequel... To Alan Wake being developed by Remedy. I'm coming out so, in eight years. <laughs> well, I am excited at the prospect that they want to continue that narrative. Yeah. I will play another another Alan Wake. Yeah, me too. That was a great game. Yeah, I'll, I'll climb through the words as they envelop my house. It's wonderful. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's only coming to Windows 10, it seems. Uh, oh God, let's talk about this bit of news. Uh, have you heard that Rock Band 4 wants one and a half million dollars in crowdfunding before it will release a PC version? Oh, um, hold on one second. <laughs> oh, wait, you were serious. Yeah, I was serious, Jim. That's a real thing that's happening. You can go and... Give money to the developers of Rock Band 4 so that they'll make a game you want. That is, like, I laughed, I, I, like, 
I genuinely laughed when I saw it. Aside from the fact that I know they'll, there's a good chance they'll get the money because people buy into that kind of thing, and the fact they're being deadly serious, I, I would have otherwise thought it was a complete fucking joke. And I don't mean that in the way a lot of, you know, game people overuse the word joke to describe something they don't like. It seems like a goof. Yeah, it it seems like a spoofy thing that someone would suggest, like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if, oh shit, it happened. So, yeah, that's, it's gonna pass because it's these hard things to always say, do. Like, yeah, I don't know, I don't even know what to say about it much. Well, it's like, I, it's like, it's so, I, I guess. How for do the, you describe it? I guess, like, it? I guess for the people that want that on PC and are happy to pay, good for you that you're getting the game you want. But, jeez. Right? <laughs> that does not bode well for the future of the industry and its direction that it moves in. Hooray. Uh, that, that, is, that is that whole story. Just, they want one and a half million dollars to make a game that they already yep. made, but to put it on another thing. Doesn't seem uh, like the kind of game that really would be very popular on PC anyway. I mean, it's more of a well, living room type of thing, isn't it? I feel like it, it would have had a lot more potential, like, many years ago. Um, but the problem is, is music games aren't that popular anymore, and Rock Band 4, when it came out on console, didn't do brilliantly, it's, nor did Guitar Hero Live. Like, they were, they did all right, but the sun has set on that whole thing. Is the desire for it on PC so that you can mod in your own songs and your own song tracks? Because I know Maybe, you could yeah. do that with, like, the old Guitar Heroes on PC. You could mod in your own song tracks and just play your own songs. I think PC gamers, we just like to shout about any game we don't have. Whether or Why not, didn't whether they come or not to we want us? it. Yeah, yeah, we've been betrayed. Oh, no. I think the race has been betrayed. <laughs> another, issue, another issue that needs it's to point out good. is like, how weak does this make harmonics look? I mean, like, like the idea that they need this much money after already having that game on sale on two systems. It looks like it, it genuinely looks like Rock Band Four did not make money. I, it, I, that's what it looks like. What to me. I have and heard. But is can that you it, imagine it how much they must to break even? So they, they must have to spend an absolute fortune to license all those big tracks from the big. Oh sure, I mean that was their big mm. reticence yeah. with because because it was suggested that they were worried about piracy on PC, but they later said like, oh no no, it's about licensing and music stuff. Um, but even so, the idea it, that that they need that much money it suggests uh, and they have haven't no been able chest. to yeah, the yeah. idea that they haven't been able to fund a port based on the success of of the console versions. I mm. mean, whether it's true or not, it makes Rock Band Four look like a weak thing, and at least anecdotal yeah. suggestions seem to suggest that that Rock Band Four did not do well anyway. It, it seems to suggest that to me that they suspect that the PC version would earn them less than $1.5 million, and they are banking on this $1.5 million being more of a profit than they'd have otherwise made. Mm. And that's concerning. So, yeah, that's that's the thing that's happening. Um, more companies are pulling out of E3 this year. Uh, e yeah. EA have decided they're not going to do a press conference at E3. They're not going to have booth space. They're going to do their own thing. Um now Activision are pulling out of E3 as well. Uh, I think they're mm -hmm. still doing a press conference there, but they are pulling out of booth space. Yeah, it, it makes sense. It's it's very expensive to make a booth. 
it's you know it's going to be expensive to have big big flashy press conferences i've considered e3 for a long time to be a waste of fucking company money i mean all eyes are on the event anyway so it's probably cheaper to just make your announcements on your own time during that week uh so i'm not surprised you know nintendo obviously did it first with its it issuing the the press conference for its own Nintendo Direct, um, and EA pulled out and then Activision. I, I, I can see it happening a lot more. Like it, it's, it's, no, it's not a financially bad move. I'm, I can't tell whether it's because it's Nintendo and their content doesn't excite people as much, but I feel like by the time Nintendo Direct rolls around, no one ever gives a shit about it, and it's just like a kind it, of an afterthought. And I think maybe have... if they had their own press conference, they would actually get more mm. hype generated. I... I feel like the problem is, as great as Nintendo Directs are as a way to keep information flowing throughout the year, and I love them for that, they do not have the energy of something with a room full of people who are excited and like very, very into this company and invested with them yeah. that can get hyped and will get the people watching on the stream hyped. I mean, damn and it, that's, at E3 yeah. people cheer for anything, you know? Yeah, and... I still. I hate that though. Pe- like, that's people part of cheer what I like when a Call it. of Duty game gets like a, a five-second trailer, and it's like, yeah, you know, it looks good and everything, but we've seen it a million times, and you're like going, like, woo, 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 woo. On on paper, I agree with you, but there is something about that cheering that does make it seem like more of an important thing that people care about. Yeah, exactly. You see other people caring, oh, no, that's and my, you feel I agree. like that's you my, should care. I actually agree. That's my mm. point. The, yeah, the hype is is real, like. I still uh, feel like I'm you should just go and sit in the audience in and go Sean! Because <laughs> I am, I, I've I've respected the way Nintendo's done E3 a lot more in, in the past few years, um, because they don't rely on that hype shit. Mm. You know, they they are very to to use their own fucking word. They are very direct. They just say, "Here are the games we have. Let's look at the games." None of this fucking. Oh, it's a PS4 game, but we're going to run it on PC behind the fucking scenes, and we're going to show I... you how pretty it looks. And later on, you'll find out mm. we're talking shit. Uh, they show actual gameplay, none of this pre-rendered bollocks. Uh, they, I, I like the casual nature of it. And then throughout the week, they've got Nintendo Treehouse mm. streaming on on Twitch all week long, uh, and which again is just showing the games, and that gets me way more interested in a product than. Than any of that that in, puffed up hype shit. In general, I agree with you, but my but you're exception not the, to this you're not the is, average consumer yeah. though. Well, my my exception to this is uh, console reveals. I still feel like Nintendo would be making a big mistake if they don't have an onstage presence for the NX reveal. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I can. I can't. I can't disagree with that. I. I I'll, I'll. Yeah. Like I'll, I think. I'll cop to that. I think that having is, a re- yeah. an audience react to it is. Um, and if they're putting out a new valuable. Zelda this year, they have to show that to an audience, you know? It's yeah. Like... Uh, uh, this this is a weird conversation to have because, like, a bunch of stuff landed in my inbox this week. Don't know how accurate it is, but I'm sifting through it at the moment. I've heard a bunch of rumours about what Nintendo's planning over the next few months regarding NX, and uh, it's weird to talk around. I'm going to say that I really hope Nintendo have an E3 press conference, and that's all I will say on the matter. <laughs> the console is built into 60 different amiibos. All the microchips are in different amiibos, and you have to buy all 60 of them to build your console. Yeah, I... And it's I called a fuck you. 
I hope we see them on stage just because like I feel like they need to pick up some serious momentum from the end of the Wii U into whatever they're doing next and a good way to do that is to, even if it is somewhat artificial, you're getting the people who are most excited to arbitrarily cheer. Mm. There is something about seeing a room full of people get excited about a console yeah. to get other people watching that stream excited about it and to get things moving in the right direction. So, yeah, uh, that's companies pulling out of E3 space. Um, lots of people have been saying this is the death of E3. I think it's too early to say that, but I think we will continue to see certain things be pulled away from E3. It's gonna it's gonna shrink. It might grow again in the future. I don't think it's gonna die a death because of this year. Mm. E three is so funny though how it gets you high. I mean, I remember last year like there was a moment where like Todd Howard revealed you could build a kennel for your dog, and everyone like <laughs> or everyone was just cheering, and I felt like cheering, and I was like, yes, a motherfucking kennel for my dog, yeah, yes, and I was like, when you really think about that, it's just just ridiculous but it works well, i mean hype, I, hype works you know i feel like a lot of the excitement in that regard was hey here's a video game that we haven't known about for x number of months that just got revealed here's gameplay footage it's out in four months like mm. i feel like that's a situation where you can justify getting excited about a kennel yeah um so yeah what else did we have on the news today there is a topic list somewhere that i've put aside uh, apparently, you know, a while ago, Sony were talking about letting you play your PS4 games on your PC mm. using remote play. Mm-hmm. After that unofficial app happened, they're beta testing that now, so that's oh, actually wow. a thing that's happening. I'm actually I presume surprised that would be they parkies. followed through on that. Yeah, it's in the yeah. current like yeah. PS4 beta. They're like, oh yeah, are you registered and like okayed for the beta? <laughs> You're pretty soon going to be able to like beta test playing your PS4 games on your PC screen. I'm impressed. There, I'm impressed they're going for it. Is there a it. reason for that? or you, you know what the reasoning probably is, is A, there was an unofficial app that did it first and was charging for it, and they were like, there's clearly a market for it. We don't want that market to go to someone else. Fine, we'll do it ourselves. Mm. B, I think it ties into the story that this week, the same week that they're like, yeah, we're doing this you know, remote play to PC, is the same week they announced that worldwide the Vita TV is being discontinued. Which oh, was yeah. previously <laughs> their device for remote play streaming to another big screen in your house. And I feel like the two of those are not unconnected. I feel like it's like, okay, we're getting rid of our home screen, uh, like stream to another screen box, uh, stream to another screen box. We need something to replace it. Now's a good time to push out this stream to your PC business. Mm, yeah. yeah I feel like if people are wealthy enough to afford a PS4 and a gaming PC they can probably afford a monitor for the PS4 well you know? it's a case of like let's say my current use case uh, my PC is up in my office my PS4 is downstairs because I've been playing Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls with other people in my house yeah. and I maybe don't want to lug my PS4 upstairs but I want to sit mm-hmm. in my office and work on a review game if I yeah. could stream that upstairs yeah. That would be a benefit to me. It would make recording easier as well, because mm. I can just capture um, footage here rather than using a, an external device on my PS4. Like, as a from a professional standpoint, getting PS4 footage direct on my PC screen will be very useful for me. Mm. Um, I certainly it's something I tried to do with the Xbox One Windows 10 connection, and it it ran like shit because yeah. 
because the Xbox One's a bit toss. Um, so but like, hopefully it would work better on yeah. this and it would actually make my job easier. Mm. Well, like owning owning a Vita TV already, I can say that their like remote play streaming on that works really well within my house. So I have no reason to think that it won't work well streaming to to PC. Mm. I like that as a system. It's you know a what nice you do function. instead, Sony, just release Bloodborne on PC. You That'd could nice. always just yeah. do that, couldn't you? <laughs> because you betrayed the master race. <laughs> um, so yeah, we covered Vita TVs being discontinued worldwide, um, which is a shame. I like that little box; it was nice. Um, apparently, this is a thing that I think is really interesting. Um, you know how VR is really expensive and cost prohibitive. Yep. Mm-hmm. McDonald's in Sweden are basically giving out Google Cardboard headsets in Happy Meals. And I think that's really interesting as like, hey, slot your phone in, here's VR. Here's some McDonald's VR apps that we've created you can get for free. That's a really, like, I don't think it could be understated how big that could potentially be for getting VR into children's hands. Yeah, it's a, it's a little sneaky uh, way to get it in front of them. It's, it's, an, it's a surprising move. I didn't think McDonald's, of all people, would be the ones to try. Let's just try giving people VR headsets that work with the devices their family probably already owns. So yeah, that's... that's, yeah. that's, a, that's I, I got nothing to say about yeah, it. Yeah, the, it's the, very I'm much just, like, just not, a, yeah, there's yeah. There's not much to say about them other than just, yeah, that's an interesting thing, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's a thing that's happened. Oh, funny, funny news this week. You know how Titanfall 2 hasn't formally been announced yet? Despite, like, it's, despite no, yeah. officially having a campaign. Yes, despite officially having a campaign but having not officially been confirmed as existing yet, yeah. uh, GameStop have already started running advertisements in their stores for Titanfall 2 using official promotional art for this game that does not yet officially exist. Well, uh, that makes, it doesn't surprise me, because we, we do live in a world where you, you get to pre-order things that don't even officially exist anymore, because that's just how ridiculous pre-order culture yeah, but has at gotten. at least usually you pretend that, like, you say, <laughs> the thing exists even if it doesn't exist, and then let people pre-order it. But here they're like, the next Titanfall will have a campaign. The next Titanfall will do this and that. We're not confirming that there's a Titanfall 2. Ignore the posters in your local GameStop, children. <laughs> Make oh. sure you put the pre-order down, but do ignore it. Yeah, put, put the pre-order don't down. don't tell anyone. Pre-order... Yeah, don't, don't tell anyone the that it exists. Shush. Yeah. Pre-order tell the game pre-order, and then forget it exists. Tell them it exists. Yes. You've, you've got to walk, Everyone forget. You've got to walk Put up that s- receipt in a toilet and forget about it for like a year. You've got to like whisper to your cashier. You walk up to them and just go, Excuse me, I hear that Titanfall 2 might exist. Can I give you my money even though it doesn't mm-hmm. yet exist? Can I pre-order can I not that? Titanfall 2, You holding? Please? Yeah. Can I, ti- can I pre-order the new Titanfall that isn't Titanfall 2? Totally not. Can I please pre-order it? Don't tell anyone I did so. My manager will kill me. My, my only A manager will kill late. him, so it'll be a dead server. Just like Titanfall has. Woo! Oh! <laughs> I'm honestly shocked they haven't put like pre-order bonuses out for it already. Like no, be before even announcing it. That's the next stage. I mean, they've already they already announced them at the same time. Like I saw an advert for Far Cry 4's uh, pre-order bonus before I saw the announcement of Far Cry 4. That's how um, uh, uh, simultaneous they are now. The next step is announcing the pre-order bonus, and then next week announcing the game. 
Mm. It's gonna. Someone's gonna do it. I can't. They might I can't even leave it as a mystery. It's like go to GameStop and pre-order. Uh, we won't tell you what the game is, but pre-ordering you'll get this bit of content, and that will be them gearing up for the announcement. Is them using a pre-order bonus thing? That's gonna happen. Event. It's gotta happen. Yep. Yeah, it's it's gonna happen. Like I went to a preview event yesterday where the first thing that was like before they even talked about the game I was being shown it was, Hey, here's the statue that will come with this game we're showing you. I'm like, oh How was Dark Souls okay. three, by the way? Uh, that's that's tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow the the day that this podcast goes up, I will by the time this podcast goes up, I will have played three hours of Dark Souls three and cool. captured nice. footage. So, so I saw be some fun. footage um from GameSpot and it looks very bloodborne. You see what I mean now about it being much more bloodborne in terms yeah. of, at the very least, even pace. in terms of visual style as well. I, which honestly, I was a little disappointed by because one thing I loved in Dark Souls One was the very high contrast, vivid color scheme, mm. and Bloodborne's was a lot more grey and brown and like literally looked like someone had got diarrhea all over everything. It it doesn't surprise me considering the success of Bloodborne. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, so by the, I will be playing it and recording footage, so at some point soon, I don't know exactly when, you'll be able to watch me suck at uh, Dark Souls 3 for several hours, that'll be fun. And you don't get an easy mode <laughs> to do yet. Nope, 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 <laughs> so hooray, that that's gonna be fun. But yeah, we were shown pre-order statues before we were even, like, they didn't even address what the game was, they were like, this is the pre-order statue that will come with X title that we're showing you today, and I'm like, right. Really? Wow. Really? <laughs> so that's weird. Uh, speaking of Dark Souls 3, Gavin, have you seen that there is a Dark Souls game on iOS that got released this week? You know, I only heard of it because of Jim's um, loving, glowing review of the game. I, I haven't touched it yet. Have you played this, Jim? Yes, I it's, gave it a one out of ten. Okay, all I know is it's called Slashy Souls, which does not give me hope. It's, Tell us about Slashy Souls. As I'll say, I'll say what I said in the review because people people defend things like this by saying it's free. It's it's free. It's fine. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. And my argument to that is, what if what if the horse's mouth is full of wet hot trash and the horse is a sex offender in a pony costume? <laughs> I'm gonna look that gift horse in the mouth, and that's exactly what this game is. It is hor- horrible. Like I can't even. It's First of all, it's like a mediocre runner game. You know, go from left to right and bash the the screen to hit things. Uh, And that's more or less it. You know, swipe up to jump and that. uh, Or or hold for a shield. Um, Except it's badly placed. There are sometimes where there are traps and enemies so close together, you will take damage. Like, you literally can't avoid it because it's all randomised with no sense of balance. Uh, So the game is, like, designed to kill you and not in in, in a Dark Souls way. In a, this is just fucking shite way um it's really somehow they managed to take one of the most simple bare bones idea of a runner games ever and make it buggy somehow it's full of game breaking glitches to the point where it keeps restarting itself over and over again or sometimes the screen will go black but the game will be playing and you can just hear yourself being killed or currently when i boot the game up it just says you died on the screen and that's it. Like, <laughs> you died when you, get... when you downloaded this game. That's yeah, what I you can't get, get, motherfucker. <laughs> I can't get out of that screen. <laughs> I can't restart the game, can't get to the main menu. The only way to fix it would be to obviously shut down the entire app and restart it. Nice. But 
very much like the developers of this game, I'm not going to fucking bother. <laughs> and I bet, so I bet loads of people will fucking take it too. Because like people, people have this thing where they'll take anything if it's free. I remember we, when I used to work in HMV, there, you'd get in these like sampler CDs and it would be now real, real like, they wouldn't care what it was. It could be like a local third rate boy band or trans, Euro trans DJ and they just be like, what is that? And you're like, oh, it's whatever. Is it free? And they're like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, take it because it's free. <laughs> they literally didn't give a shit what it was. We used to joke that if you left, if you left a bowl of shit on the counter and put a sign saying free on it, someone would take it because it was free. Free oh, bowl goodness. of shite. <laughs> that, that is what that is what Slashy Souls is. It's a free bowl of shite. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, okay, it's free, but at the same time, it's also really kind of insulting to Dark Souls. It's, it's only because it, it's only free if your time has no value. That's it. Yeah, I mean, it's a waste of time. And that's what you it, said it really in your is. review, wasn't it? That yeah, time, yeah, time it's a, is it's a, a losing gamble. Is a, a precious commodity. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it, I feel mine was wasted um, for the brief amount of time I could stand it. The visual design is unbelievable. Like it, it's so amateur. Like the, the weird, like like a child's drawing of a skeleton is the kind of thing you're fighting. And and enemies like Ornstein and Gravelord Nito are there as just schmucks. I'm I'm gonna as just regular enemies. I'm gonna ask this question because like old, uh, inevitably someone's gonna ask it. Is it possible, as unlikely as I suspect it is, that this is deliberately bad to be a parody of iOS games tied into franchises? Is that a thing, maybe? Say, or, say it loud right? and say it clear. It's satire! Indeed, it's yeah, deliberately it's, shit. Not an, A, not an excuse. Yeah. B, I think this is too brainless to even achieve that lofty goal. It's so... I mean, it, it's just a pre-order commercial. This looks like okay. a, I'm looking at. It looks like a Super Nintendo game. Is is there any plot locked behind this that Dark Souls <laughs> fans need to play this to get the bit of plot? No, in fact, if you play this as a Dark Souls fan, it will probably diminish your enjoyment of the series overall. Knowing that this is now part of the Souls world. Yeah, that is reassuring to hear. So, yeah, hooray! You're, you're I didn't bother nothing. with it. Yeah, absolutely. I would recommend against people bothering, especially Dark Souls fans. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Kanye's back in the news this week, vaguely oh, in the gaming news, because apparently his next album's going to be called TurboGrafx-16. I thought that was just like... He changes his like, album titles like seven times before releasing them, though, so... Yeah, yeah but... like I, I just saw that as part of like the rest of the balmy shit he tweets. It's... He's a random bug. Oh god, Kanye West is oh my favorite Kanye West thing this week is that um, he went on a big complaining rant about how people are stealing his album on the Pirate Bay, then tweeted out a screenshot of like something else he was doing online where you could see that one of his tabs open was the Pirate Bay where he was like stealing some two hundred dollar music software. So it's like oh was he because oh, I was because when I heard he was on Pirate Bay I was thinking maybe he was on it seeing links to his own album to see what was going no, on there. No, no, he had he had wow. a piece of um of like music software open in one tab like the, the the looking to purchase it page and then the next tab over was the pirate bay and the first three yeah, if you, the if, software title. If you pirate music software, you don't really get to complain when people don't buy your album because you kind of yeah. you kind of getting a bit of universal karma there, you know. 
Exactly. So or if, that. If, if you pirate the music software and then people do buy your record, then you buy the legit version of the music software, then that's all good. It, it's doing the, uh, well, I'm just trialing it, and if people buy my album, then maybe I'll pay for that software I use to make it. <laughs> Um, I really want so, to know yeah. what what the software was now. <laughs> uh, I wish I could remember what it was called. Let me yeah. let me look up the news. Do some some vamping while I look up the news. Ooh. All right, Gavin. What? Who? What? Yeah. Kanye. He's been saying some amazing <laughs> stuff lately, but actually, I oh, stopped. Yeah. I stopped mocking him on Twitter because I actually genuinely think the guy is mentally ill, and I think well, it, I was... it, it it was getting to the point where it did feel like. Picking on someone who was not yeah. quite right. He does seem to like not be in a great. I mean, he's currently going on about needing a, someone to wear Minnie Mouse's head for his kid's birthday party. Mm. Um, I don't. I. I mean, I lost any sense of of charm slash sympathy for the guy once he started um, saying things like Bill Cosby is innocent and things yeah, like that. that. that was it was very much. A, oh dear. Oh yeah. dear, Mister West. Um, but. Yeah, like, I just, I don't get what he's doing yeah. right now. So, yeah. It's very much like the Shia yeah. LaBeouf thing, where it's mm-hmm. like, I don't I don't know whether this is some sort of next-level marketing <laughs> or if someone's just really having a bad time. It's it's tough to tell. Um, Gavin, do you know a Mac piece of music software called Serum? Oh, I think I know what that is, yes. Like a synthesizer yeah. thing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Apparently he was pirating that on uh, the Pirate Bay. Wow. So yeah, hooray! That's that's fun news. He's making a TurboGrafx sixteen album, maybe. Um, Pokemon Sun and Moon got announced. They're coming at the end of this year, and uh, the only reason I care about this news is that my Pokemon from Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow can be put into this new one. Right, I can get my Ekans straight away. Exactly, that's all you I can, care you about. You can import your Ekans day one into this new game. You can you can import your. I don't know, your Magikarp, your Mew that you got a glitch for in Cerulean City. Yeah. That's that's the only reason I care that there's new Pokemon <laughs> games, but apparently there's, I, there's new Pokemon games. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll probably get it and enjoy it. I like, I like Pokemon. Um, I've been playing Pokemon Red uh, a lot uh, since it came out. See, of, of um, Red and Blue, you made the right choice. Of all three, you should have gone Yellow. Yeah, see, I I know that logically I should have gone yellow, but red is was the one I had, and mm. so nostalgia kind of forced my hand. I, I had red and I had yellow. I never did blue. Blue you, is blue is for losers. You kids and your red has Pokemons. the echoes in it. Get yeah. off, get off my lawn, so I can put transformers but, on it. I I think you made a very <laughs> good point that there was never a Pokemon Water Blue on the Game Boy Advance because blue is the sucky one. <laughs> Yep, everyone hates it. Everyone hates blue. <laughs> Pokemon blue sucks. Ugh. Pokemon blue? I call it Pokemon poo. Oh, that is some next level satire you did, Jim. Next, yeah, yeah. Pokemon blue. poo, friend. Yeah. For me, it's yeah, all I just Pokemon who. Like, every time you talk, I, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, I, the only thing I've got to say tonight is Pokemon 2. Shay. Ah. Like, are the blue color codes <laughs> just instead of numbers, or... Is there actually no, a? No, but they just they do two different versions of every yeah. Pokemon game, and then it used to just be different colors, so blue, red, and all that, and then silver, gold. But they don't actually diamond. have like a theme throughout like, the game they, that like uh, what, works what in with the colors, have, do they? Wait, they no. well, they sometimes do. Like red and blue didn't. Gold and silver did in that their legendaries were exclusive to which one you bought, and that seems to have been the way going forward. Is 
do you get this legendary or this legendary? But most of it is like, there is probably a dozen or so Pokemon that are exclusive to each version. And it's to try and convince you to trade with other people is, hey, I got red, you got blue. I caught a few Ekans that okay, you so can't get in blue, I'll of, trade them to you. Are they different versions of the exact same game? It's it's the more same game, wow. more or less, with, with certain content. Pokemon. Yeah, so, certain Pokemon are split Jesus. into each one. So it's basically to encourage you, like, your friend got the one that you didn't, yeah. you can trade with each other. Or at the very least, wow. make you buy more than one copy. Yeah. Well, that's, that is the cynical <laughs> approach, definitely. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, what, so yeah. and what, you would link your Game Boys together and you could trade Pokemons that mm-hmm. way, is it? Yep, so you can huh. get yeah. the ones that didn't appear in your game because they got them and you trade them for the things that you found. Oh. Well, I used to do that at school. So it's like, like top, I top, remember uh, trading my... Like top trump cards. Top trump cards. Top trump cards. cards. Yeah, uh, yeah. I remember trading at school my um, Kadabra to get an Alakazam because some Pokemon evolve when you trade yeah, them, and then some, you can trade them back. Yeah, some of them you have to trade with someone to get some of the Pokemon. So it's like your uh, Graveler won't become a Golem unless you trade it. It's 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 all about the trading and the making friends and whatnot. So that's a thing you can do. You can move your Pokemon into from yellow or red, or if you, if you're shitty from blue into Pokemon Sun and Moon. <laughs> Uh, that's happened at the end of this year, probably like November-ish. Um, uh, da, da, da. Oh, The Division! The Division isn't going to be going out to reviewers in advance of release. The yeah, first time that yeah. reviewers will get their hand on that, uh, their hands on that game. Now, to be fair, not surprised. to be fair, it is an online thing, and maybe they want the reviews to reflect what the general user experience is going to be. I I will say I'm I'm not surprised by yeah, this at all. I I understand the reasoning for it entirely, which is we want reviews to be representative of the user experience. But being cynical, this is hey, that's a convenient excuse to have the game available for purchase before it's possible to have uh, critical reviews of them. I think that yeah, it's it's they may very well be on the level when they say what their reason is. Mm. It is also damn convenient. It's the same thing with Destiny. They did mm. this with Destiny too. It's it's just, it's very convenient that this is the case. At the same time, um, it is probably a better idea to play it on user servers uh, because that will be the true test of whether it connects or not. Yeah. You know, EA has done this several times where they get glowing reviews for something that comes out, and because of an always online connection required. It's broken, so at least that avoids that, and and possibly showcases some confidence they have that the game is going to be up and running at launch. You know what's interesting about this whole discussion is that I find the fact that like, let's say you gave it to reviewers in advance of launch and said, okay, you can't post your review until twelve hours into launch day. That would that be a different situation because reviewers will have had. <laughs> time to get to grips with the mechanics to do all those things to put their time in but then had that moment of okay there's 12 hours i can't put my review up yet now is the time to be looking at retail servers would that potentially like allow critical reviews to have the time in but i don't know yeah i mean i i would there's still I think there's it still do- the possibility there that someone will just play it on the review servers and then not play it on the the general True. ones, you know. But it, it would certainly be more convenient to have had. But some then again, I mean, that, that would mean a gaming journalist would have to be dishonest, and that just never happens. <laughs> I've never seen it. 
but yeah, it's it's a tough balancing act that I think we're going to see more and more with games having larger online components. I think that it's going to take time for us to see whether this is going to be to the benefit or the detriment of consumers, because yes, you're getting reviews that are more representative of the, the consumer version of the product, but equally the product will be out there and on sale and there won't be reviews for a period of time. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, definitely a, a, yeah, it's it's a double-edged sword, as it were. They seem yeah, pretty, con- I mean, the fact that they've released two different betas, I don't know if they were the same as each other, but like they seem pretty confident that people will like it. Well, they released three betas for um, the online in uh, Street Fighter Five, and that released entirely broken. So, yeah. you know, that's no guarantee of anything. <laughs> we'll see. I, I think it'll be interesting to see whether consumer response is pleased that the reviews t- like didn't happen at launch or whether they're disappointed that there are no reviews at launch. I'm very curious what's go- what's going to be made of that. Also, which sites do we think are going to rush their way to get the first review? Because, you know, now, without that embargo in place, it is going to be the who can get it done oh, first. Oh, yeah, it'll be a free-for-all, yeah. Yeah, someone will have a review up 30 minutes afterwards. It's like, we played 30 minutes, here's a review, go! We played the beta too. <laughs> or they'll have, um, they'll have, like, 90% of their review written from the beta. And well, then exactly. they'll, like, change and that, the last part. I've, I think ultimately that's what this is going to do is people are going to basically tweak what they put in their their beta uh, coverage and then just be like, right, let's wait for the servers to go live. Mm. How little time can we put in to see how they've changed since the beta? Push the review. Which, to be fair, isn't all that bad a thing to do. I mean, you can easily, there's so much you can talk about from the beta. I mean, the vis- like the visuals and the sound design and all that stuff. Basically, the, yeah. the only thing you won't be able to comment on yet is how it works with the public and that last bit of content that they were holding back. Yeah, and I guarantee there will be sites that will cut the corners on not properly putting the time into that and just be like, here's pretty much our beta coverage, bye. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and there that's, will be. That's, yeah. Gonna, that's gonna suck for consumers. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's it for the big sort of uh, newsy stuff this week. We've still got some games to talk about from this week. Uh Jim, did you play Super Hot this week? I think you did. You put your review yep. up. Loved it. Is it super hot? Super it's, hot. It super is that. Hot. It is It is definitely super and hot, and I like it, and I think it's really fucking clever, and I think everyone should give it a go, because it it, it, it is... It's the most innovative shooter I've played in years. I would completely agree with that. Um... Like, for anyone who doesn't know, it is a first-person shooter where, like, the enemies only move while you're moving. And it's, like, anytime you're moving in real time, they're moving in real time. And it becomes more of a... Almost more of, like, a puzzle turn... It's halfway between, like, a real-time strategy and a turn-based thing in that there is real-time elements... But there's also, like, I can stop and take as much time as I want to work out the puzzle of what's going on here, pull off my badass sick move, and then stop to think about what's next. And I really like that. It's the most innovative shooter I've played in years. Yes. That is a shorter way of saying what I said, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Also, did not expect it to have as much of a story as it had. Yeah, yeah, it did. I think... I think ultimately what, what can be said about the story is it's the most innovative shooter I've played in years. Is that what you're going to say? It's the most innovative shooter you've played in years? 
I, I feel like it's very Im- uh, important for me to say. Uh, that. Okay, I I am happy for you to say it's the most innovative. Is it a more innovative shooter than Medal of Honor Doorfighter though? Well, I mean, it's it's the most innovative shooter I have played in years, <laughs> uh, and that's not to say that the Medal of Honor Doorfighter was not uh, innovative because clearly it. What other game can you fight doors <laughs> in? None. No other I, game. Apart from but, the previous two Call of Duties before it. But, you and, know, we yeah. will... Pretty much most military shooters of, of the mid-2000s, <laughs> so, yeah. To say a little more about the game... Pop, like, pop the... quiz. Can anyone remember the game? And audience, I bet you some of you will get this. What was the game that introduced the breaching mechanic to first-person shooters? Don't ask me, I don't know shooters. <laughs> Uh, Doki Doki Panic. Modern Warfare 2. Oh, the most beloved oh, and hated go. Call of Duty game of all time. Yeah. <laughs> so, to, to say a little more about Super Hot, that's not just the fact it's the most innovative shooter of, of, innovative. of years. Innovative. Does it have emotions? Because um, I was looking at pictures and it really doesn't have a lot of polygons. It doesn't have a lot of polygons. What it does have is a story that, like, the closest comparison point I can make in recent memory to like the way that this stretches its plot is very similar to something like Pony Island, mm-hmm. in that it is it is the uh, a plot that tries to take advantage of the fact that it knows it's in an interactive medium in some interesting ways. And, they they yeah. lay the meta on super thick, and I enjoyed that. Yeah, I, 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 I. My worry is that we've seen so many of these meta games recently with Undertale, Pony Island, Calendula, uh, that. I'm I'm starting to worry that the whole fourth wall breaking thing's getting old in, before it's time, in, in its, and I don't want that to especially happen. Especially seeing as Stanley yeah. Parable pretty much perfected it. Yeah, to its to its benefit, I will say for Super Hot that a lot of this story stuff and the meta story content was in there as early as say August 2015 when I played a pretty lengthy build of it. Mm-hmm. So like it it was in there before Undertale and Pony Island etc. released. It doesn't feel like it's it's attempting to ape them. Yeah, in the review I said it was more bad timing than anything else. It's just yeah. it, it's it's poorly mm. timed uh, at the moment like, while there's a little rush going yeah. on to do this stuff. And the 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 way that Superhot does it is done well. Like it's not one of the bad examples that I fear are coming. Yeah, it's cute. It's cute. I feel I think my main issue with it is the the gameplay itself has such a purity to it that trying to get lofty with the the meta plot and everything was felt intruding. While I can certainly appreciate that, what I will say is that as someone that's not really into shooters, this is the first time in a while that a shooter's narrative has got its hooks in me. And sure, it's kind of like, it's not always like, it's not always flush with the sort of simplicity of the mechanics, but I'm glad that it's there, and I'm glad that this is a shooter whose story I am getting engaged with. So yeah, I can, yeah, yeah. I, I I can see people like really digging the story. It's it's got some really great moments to it. It's just, um, I guess for me as someone who was just like really getting into the most innovative shooter he's played in years, <laughs> that the the plot just it, it felt just a little bit. Jarring I, I, when it I, up. I am glad that for a couple of minutes we got you to say things about this game that weren't the fact it was the most innovative shooter you've played in years. So hooray, we won! Uh, we got one. I just can't gym. believe you didn't pick Call of Duty Ghosts as your innovative meta plus. 
amazing oh game. god that's a bit of news I won't spend long on mm. this because fuck it but Ghosts 2 that's that, what they're talking not, about it's now it's not official you know, and not official, I know, but well, they talk. Do, like, it's been do you remember the scene about, in like, that game where, like, there was like the soldier and he was on like the chopper, and there was another soldier and they shot things. Yeah, no, yeah. I try not to remember anything about ghosts. It was like the. It wasn't a very. It was good for game, my money. Was the, it? The, the, it was the, the dreariest Call of Duty. Both the campaign and the multiplayer were very like kind of just boring. What, what I will say for people who were uncaught up on this story, there were some magazine leaks that, uh, uh, like images that leaked early before uh, the new issue of Games TM came out. And people were taking photos of the fact that there was a page that said, Call of Duty Ghosts 2. Now, in context, that was the games we're most looking forward to and hoping, like, hoping release in 2016. This was a, what we're hoping for, with a screenshot of the first Call of Duty Ghosts, not an announcement that Call of Duty Ghosts 2 exists. Even, um, yeah, even Call of Duty players don't want another ghost. Yeah, like a similar ha- thing happened with mm-hmm. another magazine that did a similar, like, looking forward through the rest of the year feature and mentioned uh, Modern Warfare 4. And again, people were taking a bunch of screenshots of it and being like, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4 is real! To be fair, Ghosts and Modern Warfare 4 would be pretty much the same game. I think you're, there's mm-hmm. not going to be much difference there, whichever one I... of those they pick. I am really crossing my fingers that it's something different, that this is a new Call of Duty. I, I want them to do World franchise. War Two again. <laughs> I I don't know where I think they're going to go, but I think it's going to be a new one. Yeah. With a new subtitle. So, well, g- well yeah. the thing is, Ghosts ended on a cliffhanger, so there's definitely going to be a, a sequel. Eventually. Yeah. I don't think it's this year, though. Um, I'm, I'm hoping Unless it's Unless they're, like, sold the rights to Valve or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do have one other game I want to talk about this week. I played a game about dating um, World War Two military warfare vehicles. Da- oh, dating yeah. them? Uh, yeah, dating and was, them. Was the design document in this game passed around and said, must appeal to Laura? <laughs> Probably. So this is a game that's not yet out. I, like, I think it comes out Tuesday next week and I've been sent an early copy of a game called Panzer Models, where basically... <laughs> Here is the plot as it's presented in the trailer for this game. In World War II, America bombed Japan. In 2015, Japan decided to get revenge by sending anime girls who were also tanks to America to get revenge for the bombing of Japan. And you've got to date a bunch of anime girls who are also tanks. That that Fair is enough. prime Laura base. <laughs> yeah, it it kind of is. Like it's it's very it's very weird. Um, the first day in the game, I was like, oh yeah, I'll just show a vague interest in everyone, and I accidentally hit on a Soviet tank that is way 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 too into me, and I'm now worried that if I like back away and try and date someone else, that like I'm gonna start a war between the Soviet tanks so, and some other country's tanks. So are they anthropomorphic vehicles, or are they anime girls that turn into tanks? Um, they are generally most of the time in the shape of anime girls, but then every so often they will reveal their tank form when they do things such as blow a hole in the side of the school or, you know, accidentally lock up their tracks and crash into someone because they've got tire tracks because they're tanks. It's weird. Wow. (laughs) So if you want a game where you date, like, uh, I don't know, a... 
IS-2 and a Panzer IV and some other tanks. I think there's a Tiger I tank. A bunch of World War One and Two tanks. Panzer models. Panzer models. That's that's the game for you. I'm looking at screenshots here. I don't see any tanks. Let, let me find you a nice screenshot with a tank. Um, I will send you one over. In like, one this second. just looks like Grey's search history right now. <laughs> um, Panzer models. I'm loading up a picture of a tank. Where's the picture of All a tank? All right, there's Please pictures load. where they're standing in front of tanks. <laughs> this is so okay. bizarre. <laughs> okay, the reason there's probably not many images is that this game is not out. And as far <laughs> as I'm aware, I'm the only critic with a copy wow. at this stage. So, yes, just trust me that they do turn into tanks. Wow. Uh, occasionally you'll get asked things like, um, have you ever been inside a tank before? Do you know how to load my turret or something it's like oh innuendo because i'm a tank it's it's very it's very weird is it is it japanese or is this uh made in somewhere i think it's made in the west yeah but it's set in japan i believe so yeah that's the thing i played this week yeah that that is things what laura played uh should we do some questions for a bit? Yeah. Yes, please, yes. I, I didn't want to go on too long today, and here we are. Here we are. This is, this is the way that these all go. Um, yeah. The Cynical Optimist wants to ask, what do you all do immediately after finishing recording each podcast? It depends if uh, I've wanked or not that day. I usually go sit in the shower and huddle in the corner and cry while washing myself furiously. <laughs> I usually like go and uh, I'll I'll check what email like work emails and tweets and things have happened since I've been recording. I'll go make some dinner, and you know, just faff about on the computer doing like work kind of bits that need doing for the rest of the evening. Usually, yeah. Well, tonight I'm going back to tweaking a kick drum for another seven hours. Woo! Hooray! <laughs> uh, tonight I will probably honestly immediately after the show I'll probably go take a shit because. I I'm kind of like ah, I I could do with I could go do with going to the bathroom, but I can wait well till the end of the show. So there you go. That's that's what I'm doing. Cynical optimist. Be cynically optimistic about that. Um, Marceline wants to ask. Um, I'm currently saving up to get a Commander Data body pillow, and was wondering if each of you could have any character on a body pillow. Who would you have? Uh, Laura it's hard, it's hard and Jim. To top data. I would have two Aww. pillows with Laura Aww. and Jim. Yeah. I'm sure someone out there can make you Laura and Jim body pillows. <laughs> um, who would you get on your body pillow, Jim? Noel Edmonds. Noel Edmonds. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I feel like John Jean Claude Van Damme would be good on a body pillow too. Oh yeah. And if, I, if, I, you, if you squeeze and you could put like a little motor in, and if you squeeze it, it goes, "I am Van Damme." <laughs> I'd like to get David Cage on a body pillow, but unfortunately, body pillows don't have any polygons, so it would be They're too uh, smooth. It would be a little, a little bit too unemotional for me. So uh, maybe I don't know. Let's get Jade from Beyond Good and Evil too, because I need to get her in some product that exists this year, please. There we go. That works. Uh, Alan Digney wants to ask. What would be included in a $10 million edition of Podquisition? And this is tied into last week's question where there was a $10 million edition of, uh, what was it, Dying Light? 
Dying Light, yeah. yeah. So what are we going to put in the $10 million edition of Podquisition? Well, they'd get to, very much like with the $10 million Dying Light, they'd get to star in a movie based on this, which would be some sort of grotesque porno. Mm. Yeah, it, it would basically be that scene, um, and they, the Hunger they, Games thing we detailed the other week. Like, it would just be like sex and murder. They could have their yes. very own zombie shelter slash uh, porn studio in Jim's Dorito covered garage. Yep, and of, yes. of course they would get four downloads of this week's episode of the podcast. Yeah. Because yep. you got to throw in They only have to pay for three of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I like that. You get a signed copy of the, the digital-only podcast, so we'll, like, sign the digital bit. Like, when, when we do the IC3 tags, we'll, like, put, this episode is for so-and-so, it is their episode, mm-hmm. and we'll put that in the in the tags. You can probably have some of my cum. Yeah, for $10 million, I think, uh, you know, I think even my girlfriend would least. let me off on it. I think for $10 million, like, my do. partner as well would be like, yeah, okay, whatever. Fi- okay, okay, fine, there you go. You've got three I, I would DNA samples to clone. For 10 million. You've got three DNA samples to clone us from for ten million dollars. Yeah. In the <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not joking. If if one of you listening has ten million dollars, hand it over and we'll give you our fluids. We will we will allow you to to do what you will with them. Just it's uh, only going to cost you ten million. Um, anything else we can throw in there? I'll write. I will write you your own song for ten million. Yeah. About you and how awesome and rich you are. I need to find ten million now, so you, so I can get Gav to write me a theme tune. Yeah. Um, does anyone want to give... do the same thing? I'll do a Jimquisition about you. I mean, that wouldn't be much of a prize. Um, uh, that depends. Because... That could be a good prize. No, I just pretend. I just like write an episode about EA and just substitute their name <laughs> for it. I'll, I'll do a review of your butt for ten million. There we go. I'll, I'll, get... I'll, I'll take a look and not, not even at like a photo. I'll look at your actual butt and be like, here we go, here's my critique. And I'll like handwrite it and sign it for you, put it in a nice frame. Mm. And, then she'll sing, you... and then she'll sing a song about your butt to the tune of the Black Parade. Okay, okay, I'm willing to throw this in. I will sing a song about your butt to the tune of Welcome to the Black Parade for 10 million. I'm sure if you collectively put your money together, audience, you can get this. This is a <laughs> this is a huge value we're offering. You, you can you can have one of my plectrums too, I suppose. Uh, you, there we go. Yeah. You can have one of those jelly beans I spat out on that episode. Mm. That episode where I was retching. You can have one of my like songs, jelly beans, beans, and jizz. You can't get better than that. And plectrums. Don't forget the plectrum. That's the most valuable thing. Just don't drop it because did you know when ple- plectrums are actually a scientific anomaly when you drop them. A black hole opens in time and space, and they disappear forever. Ask yep. a, ask any guitar player, and they'll tell you. I I have had a new g- guitar for like four days, and I'm already learning this. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Ten million dollar edition of Podquisition. Give us your money, everyone. Um, whoa. What else we got on the on the questions? Uh, Alex K. Serino wants to ask, what projects? Not related to your usual work, would you like to do more of in the future? For example, Jim doing voice acting in games, me making that game, and Gav like doing a soundtrack for something or whatever. Or getting shafted while doing soundtracks. <laughs> <laughs> did you want to? Did you no, want to no, 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 no. Quietly to this. 
No, it's uh, not something I'm going to mention anyone by name, but uh, I no, so my answer may... wh- my answer a few months ago would have been more game soundtracks, but three of the four experiences I've had of that have been kind of very disappointing, and in one case. Yeah. Uh, someone stole my music and gave it to yeah. someone else to use and you, changed it just enough that it was legal and yeah, yeah not so, in, someone, a, in a hurry to repeat that experience yeah someone took his music and was like we're not going to pay you for it but we still have it on our hard drive music person can you kind of tweak this but still make it the same thing yeah like, can yeah. you can you exactly replicate this piece but change one note so that legally we can he has no case you can awesome I, I'm pretty sure you would have a legal case if you did, but it, it would be a lot of faff and bother. Yeah, no, it it's not a, worth it. It's not. I, I don't imagine it is. Yeah. Um, if it, if it was you? like yeah. the new Call of Duty game or something, it might be worth it, but not for something of that size. Yes. Um, Jim, what, what about you? What, what would you like to do more of that's not the things you normally do? Um, well, I mean, the doing more of the voice acting would be cool. Um you know, I'd still like to do more um, fiction writing. I'd like to do a lot more of that. Not not for games, even, but just because it would be nice mm. to do some stories and things. I, I want to get back into that, because I used to do short-form fiction, like 1,000 words or less um, on writing prompts, and I've really enjoyed that, and I just haven't done it for ages. Mm. So I'd like to do more of that. Fiction writing is very mm-hmm. fun, I have to say. I was never good yeah. at it, but... You know, with with any of these things, you you practice it and you get good. I I did one story I was proud of that I put up online that was called, I think it was called Fly or Fall. And that is the one time I've done fiction where I'm like, I did some good fiction there. Yeah, go me. Fiction's one of those things that's like, it's like photography. Literally everyone thinks they can do it. Like how many of us have at one time taken some shitty picture and gone, oh, I have such a good eye for photography. (laughs) Actually, I've never... (laughs) <laughs> I, I I've never done that, and I'm not trying to say oh I've never done that. I'm better than everyone else. I mean, like I literally can't take good photos. Really? Like I can't, not even accidentally. <laughs> I can't. I can't even do selfies. Like I can't even do a selfie that isn't blurry or weird or out of focus or just something fucked up. I don't know. I've seen I I've seen some pretty how... dashing selfies on your your Facebook whenever you get a haircut. Yeah. Really, I've never, I, I never considered them decent at all. Mm. Like, I, I, I don't know how people. Like, I've tried to get photos done for like Jimquisitiony things, and, and they always turn out shy. Like, I'm actually seeing a professional, um, or someone who did professional photography at the weekend mm. to get some, because uh, we're finally moving forward with getting all new thumbnails and design stuff done for the Jimquisition. Nice. So I need new photos, but. I couldn't do them myself. I'm, I I can't do photographs at all. It'll be nice to learn. That'd be something else I'd like to yeah. maybe do that mm. isn't necessarily related to what I do already for my job. Is be nice to be good at photographs yeah. and filming and ju- and making videos. I <laughs> actually learn to make them good. I I used to be really into photography and like I've sold photos I've taken. Like I used to do gig photography and. There's a couple of print magazines that paid me for, like, gig photography I did and stuff got done in print. There's a nice um, full-page image I took of, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Frank Iero last year that got printed alongside an interview I did. And, like, I like doing gig photography. It's really fun. And Mm. I'd like to do more of that because it's, it's a very condensed period in which to try and do photography. It is, like, you've got three songs... This is the worst possible environment to be trying to take decent photos in. 
get in there, take as many photos as you can, and then sit through on the like the coach ride home for the next three hours, going through being like, right, what did I get that is good and usable, and what can I put against what? Yeah. I really enjoy that. It's fun. You know what else is fun is acting. I did a lot of theatre acting when I was younger. Like, I was actually in plays that toured and stuff. Mm. And it was fun. Definitely not something that came naturally, like music, but uh, still fun. Yeah, I'm I'm terrible at acting, but I used to really enjoy doing it because my, my family used to do a local uh, pantomime group every year. Mm. And probably up until I was about 16 or 17, I was in the pantomime every single year. I really like being on stage. I'm terrible at it, but I like it. <laughs> um, so yeah, there we go. That's some things we we yeah. could we could do more of. Uh, Mark Jagger, who we've had questions from before. There's a there's a album art of him inside like someone's mouth on my wall. I think it was Anne Hathaway's mouth. Uh, uh, he yes. wants to ask. You are in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory, and you lick the lickable wallpaper. What does it taste like? Hmm. Probably child saliva, if we're honest. Ew. That's probably oh. what it. That's probably what it tastes, lickable tastes wallpaper like the, tastes. Oh. Tastes like the Balarney Stone covered in American saliva. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, it'd be nice if it tasted of I don't know, chocolate, chocolate tart. Have you guys maybe. ever been to Balarney to kiss the stone? No. Uh, no. I, no. I, it's I like te- that's like ten minutes from my house, Balarney. I don't know what it's meant to do. It, what what is kissing the stone? Meant well, to clearly do? neither of you need it because when <laughs> when you kiss the Blarney Stone, you are endowed with the gift of the gab, which means you are oh. you are you become very good at talking and expressing yourself. So clearly neither of you need, or one of your ancestors, or one of your past lives, definitely you know this, fucking went full on French on that I, Blarney does this Stone. Mean if I go French, I have a so, lot of Irish I think one of your so your relatives the humped the Blarney Stone. To be honest, I'm. <laughs> I'm now wondering if I go, like, make out with the Blarney Stone, will I end up going into some kind of, like, podcasting Super Saiyan state where I'm just, like... Mm. You'll basically have the same powers or it could as the be, Purple it could Man. Be, it could work like, um... It could put you out of phase. You know, like a magnet. Ooh. I don't, yeah. don't want to go out of phase. I might yeah. have to, like, kiss it again to get back into step. Yeah. So maybe maybe it's not worth, worth the risk. You, you make a good... Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have I, to hang. There are you plenty of rocks backwards. I have on, in my backyard that I make out with. So you have to hang backwards over like a fifty meter drop, and like it's really scary. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I know that much because yeah. they used to be. It used to show up in pop culture a lot when I was a kid. It was an easy setting for like kids' cartoons and things. Yeah. That they the blast kissing the Blarney Stone. Yeah. Um, so I do. It's part of my pop culture growing up along with quicksand and putting your ear to the ground to hear horses coming and all the other things that don't come up anymore but were really important in kids' TV. Mm. Like barbecues. All the 80s kids in their cartoons always had barbecues. Mm -hmm. And everyone met swamis. I I guess that's racist these days. But in cartoons when I was a kid, everyone, you know, had an episode where they'd meet a swami. What's a swami? I don't know. Is I it think like it was a like some pixie, sort of sultan-like or? character, oh. like a like like um like a Middle Eastern stereotype. Oh, okay. Like it, they were in like Looney Tunes styles cartoons and things. Yeah. And I think I think that I think it was racist, but I can't remember because I watched it when I was a kid and didn't know racism. Did you guys so get much, Captain so... Planet? Oh yeah. I, I Did you ever see the episode where, I never saw where they went to Ireland and like sorted out the war? 
It's so unbelievably <laughs> offensive. It's oh, it's, it's amazing, it, but it's they're hard to so in the right offensive. place. It's like they they come over and Captain Bless Planet them. stops the Catholics and the Protestants from hating each other, and it's like, oh my god! <laughs> and there's a scene in it where it's like, hey, what's your name? And whatever the kid's name is, like, ah, that sounds like a Protestant name to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how they they deal with things in in Ireland with the troubles <sighs> over there. Is uh, yeah. you sound a bit Protestant? Let's burn them for a witch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Captain Planet. We were recently watching that. Actually, we because um, every now and then some of our friends around here will get together and we we'll just watch like shitty old kids shows and stuff on uh, YouTube. We'll throw it up on the TV. It's normally David the Gnome. But uh, we did Captain Planet recently, mm. found one with, um, what's his name, Verminous Scum in it, because it's Jeff Goldblum doing the his, voice. His name is Verminous Scum? Yeah, the rat, that the, the one, one of the regular <laughs> eco-terrorists. All the names were amazing. You had Hoggish Greedly, Luton Plunder, which was an amazing Luton name. Luton Plunder, yeah, I remember him. Luton Plunder, they had Duke Nukem as, as a character. Um, and not not the Duke Nukem. He was uh, this one was um, yellow and wore shorts. Wow. Uh, Doctor Blight and, and and Verminous Scum, which was That's just an amazing name. name. Verminous Scum. <laughs> My goodness, where have all the good villain names from TV gone to? Yeah, they they went far away. You don't get a, you don't get Skeletor anymore. You yeah. don't get <laughs> Hordak. That actually, sounded like him. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's a depressed yeah. Skeletor Twitter account, by the way, which I have to link to you guys. Oh my goodness, depressed Skeletor sounds amazing. Mm. Um, before we finish up, we did have another question, and I can always skip around this because it's kind of a downer question to end on, but it seemed appropriate for me today. Do you mind if I ask this and then we can always be like, is this too, you know, too much of a down note to end on? I, I've seen what one it is, but yeah, yeah let's go for okay. it and see how it turns we'll, out. We'll give it a go, see how it turns out. So, uh, bit of a bit of a change of pace before we end up this week. We did have a question this week that was a thing. Uh, this is from Ryan Krebs and the question was, this is kind of a dark question, but have any of you ever had issues with depression to the point that you've considered suicide? And if so... How did you get past that point? And it's a dark, it's a, it's a bit of a heavy question, but like, I, I've been talking a bunch today about mental health stuff because I have had a really shitty mental health day today, and that sucks when that happens. So I feel like, yeah, maybe it's a time to talk about mental health a little bit. So, yeah, what about you two? Um, yeah. First, I, you go first. Uh, sorry. I was going to say, because I'll be brief, um, mm. my answer for a lot of it is I don't know. Mm. And that comes from a lot of second guessing of my own issues and problems. I don't know if I've been like proper medically depressed before. Mm. I don't know if any thoughts I've had would be termed like legit suicidal thoughts. And I don't know how I get out of any of the places I end up to whenever mm. I may go to a dark place. And I know that's not helpful or anything. No, that's, it's, it's, a, that, it's an honest answer and that's totally fair enough. It, it really is a case of like, yeah. I, my, my own brain is a mystery to me. And mm. I think part of it is a worry about ever cracking into the, that, horrible rotten egg it's the if i um, crack this open can i ever put it back in yeah so i i kind of just uh get mm. I, I, a big part for me was um 
making a lot more friends and going out and finding the 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 job I have that turned into the career I have now and stuff mm. um because uh isolation was a big problem for me um so that was a big part of it was one day just deciding like I don't like my life as it is now and I will probably be a lot happier with everything else if I sort out some real foundational issues with it um and that's what I did and I was very lucky that it, it worked you know mm. Mm. Gavin? Um, personally, I've never been there. I've always been lucky enough to find reasons, even at my worst times, to keep going. Mm. But my, my brother took his own life. Yeah. And uh, he, he had, like, <clears throat> it wasn't quite depression. Um, he, he had psychosis, which is kind of different, mm. which is like hallucinations and things. And he just kind of, well, I, I feel it was schizophrenia, but we'll never know because he, he used a shotgun. To his head, so which <laughs> you can't, makes it pretty hard you, to delve into the head at really that point. You can really do yeah. an examination on that. So, mm. yeah. yeah. So it's a topic that's obviously very uh, personal to me, and I also get actually a lot of messages from fans who deal with with emotions like that. And I just didn't, I always would just say the same thing: please stay strong, and you matter, and you're important, mm. and please. Please give yourself one more chance if before you decide to leave us. You know. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna try not to be too heavy with this, but like I have definitely been there. Um, about three years ago, I attempted to take my own life, ended up in hospital, and uh, thankfully, you know, I regretted what I had attempted to do very soon after, and thankfully, there was still stuff that could be done. I'm still here, and I look back on that and. Like, I I know what I was feeling and I understand why I felt at the time that that was the only way out. And it's tough to deal with because the problem you have once you've attempted suicide once in your life is that it is this horrible pervasive thing that will just stick with you in your head somewhere. Like, no matter what happens in life afterwards, there is always this little bit of your head of, you were so close, it would be so easy, it's the easy way out. And... For me, getting past that has been... It's been a long battle, but it has just been a battle of trying to remind myself not of... not Trying not to look at a suicide attempt as a failure, but to rather look at every day since then as a victory. Mm. There is a mm -hmm. wonderful song by an artist called The Homeless Gospel Choir called Untitled that I think sums this up so well where it's... Uh, I think the line is something like... I'm proud to say I haven't I haven't committed uh, I haven't attempted suicide uh, or I've never never attempted suicide in the last 11 months. And it's this way of framing it of like be proud of the progress you've made since then. Don't dwell on the fact that you've reached that point once before. And you'll you'll still have shitty days cuz I had a really shitty day today where those thoughts were incredibly pervasive and I just sobbed most of today. And Shitty days like that will happen, but just soldier through them. They will pass. Things will get better. I know it's not easy to hear at the time, yeah. but it does pass. And the, and the... it's incredible how much of a difference just even telling one person can yeah. make, even if it's an anonymous stranger. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And like what I will say, and I know that this is... Everything's worse Sorry. in your head than out yeah. there. That's at least... Even in, the in simple catharsis of saying it out loud... You know? Yeah. And like I'll say this much, I know it's only anecdotal. After my no. like 
two days after my suicide attempt was when I got my first job in the games industry. And, like, at my lowest point, I was two days away from what would end up being, like, the thing that sent my life on the track it's on now, and I had no idea. Like, you sometimes have no idea how close a turning point is in life, and... Yeah, it, it's it's one of those... Bl- it, 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 life is a series of blink and you'll miss it, where in this case, blink is something a lot more lasting and yeah and permanent really and and you don't know what you could miss during that incredibly long blink yeah and that that is why for anyone who's like people have asked about some of my tattoos before that is the reason why i've got the i'm not afraid to keep on living tattoo i got it to celebrate three years since attempting to commit suicide because i was like look i am proud that i've made like that is an achievement and i'm gonna celebrate that so yeah, hopefully that wasn't too much of a of a downer. And look, to and look how many uh, people's yeah. um, lives have been touched as a result of of that. You know. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like if you are out there and you are feeling this way, it is horrible. I'm not going to downplay that it's horrible. Mm. You never know how much life can improve just out of nowhere. You never know where those changes can happen. Please just talk to someone. So, hooray! End of a video game show that's all light-hearted and amusing and silly. Hooray! Giggle, giggle, David Cage voice. What not. <laughs> I, I am the master of segues out of difficult topics, yes. um, very clearly. The worst part, the worst part about that discussion <laughs> yeah. was, because I mentioned David the Gnome, um, <laughs> I've had that music stuck. While we were talking about very serious things, all that was in my head was, Look around you! Like... <laughs> I, I makes am, me feel like a piece of well, shit. Well, I, I, I had am, Captain Planet, he's a hero, going to take pollution very, down to zero. I'm very proud that both of you managed to keep that that bottle down. Well done. I'm both. I'm proud of you both. So thank you. Hooray! Is is that a good point for us to end that's, the episode? That's on? Uh, that's us. Yes, um, Laura. People have listened to this podcast, no doubt, loved it, and are thinking, "Well, this can't end right now. Where will I get my fix? And where can they get their fix of more, Laura?" You can get your fix of more, Laura, pretty much anywhere that you search Laura K Buzz on. Laura K Buzz on Twitter. Laura K Buzz on Patreon. That's what pays the bills and is very soon going to be paying for Podquisition Animated if if we hit a milestone that exists. So. Go give some money if you want Podquisition Animated to exist. Uh, LauraKBuzz.com. LauraKBuzz, LauraKBuzz, LauraKBuzz everywhere. Hooray! Awesome. And Gavin. Gavin, my friend who is kind of a pop star, where can we get your great music, please? You can find my music on YouTube, where my YouTube channel this week just passed 100 million views. Yeah, Holy, holy hell. fucking crazy number. There's like only 12 countries in the world with more people than that. I was like looking up all the different things of that number. (laughs) (laughs) And you can follow me on Twitter at Miracle of Sound. And the next song, which if I ever get this kick drum mixed, (laughs) might be out tonight, but more likely tomorrow, has the lovely and awesome Lisa Foyles on vocals. So keep an eye out for that one. Oh, yes, you talked about this, didn't you? Yeah. Yep. Awesome. What about what about you, Jim? Where are your things? Just Google Jim Sterling. You'll find the right one. Yeah. Just and Google Jim. That's you know. I'm I'm yeah. gonna Google Jim Sterling now and scroll through multiple pages until I find. Yeah, I'm the gonna wrong put in Jim and wrong. see how many Jims. Oh, Jim is the first Jim. Oh, he's not on my browser. He's he's the first Jim on mine. He's the when second Jim S. 
And to be fair, you're only after Jim Sheridan, who's like very famous in Ireland. You have very Irish search results. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so J- Jim Sterling everywhere. That's the one. Yep. And thank you, as always, for your continued support of the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with us. And we will see you next week, probably, if unless you've got something better to do. Bye! Bye! Bye.